Welcome to the Marketing Intern Spotlight. A marketing intern is a listener who's spreading our message authentically. Hear their story, their passion, and their journey. Enjoy. You know what Brooks like is or no? I know. Okay, her husband, he's like, he played in the show for Washington for a couple of years. He's from Canada, too. Okay. Yeah, they're dating. Wait, yeah. Did you just call the show? The N- that's like the NHL team? Yeah, NHL is the show. Whoa. Big fan of that. Wow. Thing. That's good land. That's fun. The show? Yeah. The show. I've never heard it called. Really? That. In America, baseball's the show. Like the video game. Yeah, dude, I don't show. know the first thing about baseball. I know you guys got a sweet old bat because it looks weathered on your deck. Oh, That's no, about no, it. No, 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 dude. Do not, do not get confused about that old-ass Louisville slugger on <laughs> old-ass couch. That showed up uh, out of front, in our front lawn about a week ago. Yeah. So we don't know it's where like that's threat. been. Yeah. Be a threat. No, I think, yeah, someone's like grabbed some sort of a sign. Yeah, like, you got this on because we're coming and you're going to need a weapon. Yeah. I think that was kind of, and then they left it on a, a, a MTV hat that had some, some, some gross stains on it. I don't really want to know where they came from. Yeah, it was like a, it was like one of these, it was like a dad hat. Dad hat. And it was like vintage MTV logo, which I was like, dude, I'd totally wear that if it didn't have like weird stains, stains and, you know, some mysterious things on it. That also showed up at our doorstep within the same 24 hours as this Louisville slugger. And, you know, Jack Burke, our roommate, I know you don't know him, but he's a very good kid. And he saw, you know, I, he took the bat and picked the hat up with the bat and then put it over to the side. So, you know, Jack, Jack is very uh, pro-housekeeping, so okay. he, he is our... Uh, Neat and tidy. Yeah, exactly. Okay. He's kind of our porch manager, I'd say. He got promoted <laughs> last year. He was, uh, he was doing chimney work for a while uh, at this house. We put him on that. He was kind of last guy in, you know. Yeah, we, we, you know, we all took, like, dishes, vacuuming. Rook, stuff. Rookie duties. Yeah, rookie, rookie duties. duties. That's all that is. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Earn so your, he earns keep. keep. Yes. He earns keep, and now, sure. he, uh, now he's, the for- he's managing the fortune. He's doing great at it. So, okay. Anyways, welcome, Brent. Welcome to the Backfire Podcast. How you doing today, dude? Good. I'm so excited to be here. I was super apt, and you guys uh, threw me the DM, so I was excited. You can thank uh, Andrea Toppin right there. She challenged us in, I believe, April? Yeah, March or April. March or April. Third lines at this uh, point. An early a marketing intern spotlight of 2019. And she's like, you got to have Brant on. And we're like, all right. The challenge accepted. And lo and behold, four or five months later, you're on our show. Right on. Yeah. yeah. No, Andrew's a cool girl. She, uh, we go to school together, obviously. So, yep. yeah. Spent a lot of time with her in class and whatever else over the last couple of years. Have you ever got on, like, a run with her? Absolutely never. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of the running. Just yeah. in general. Just running just doesn't work for me. Okay. You know, uh, she, like, I'll get a snap from her, and it's like, where were you? Uh, I just did 13 miles. Like, that could severely put me down for a week. Uh, longer for me. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, no, it's a, I had an easy day this, or I did a light week this week. I only did 80 miles. I didn't even drive 80 miles in my car this week. <laughs> you know, like, it's just unheard of stuff, but she's amazing amazing girl i can't believe she manages what she's doing with cairo school like that's next level i don't know how she's doing it that's there's something to be said about that because there's no way i can do what she's doing she's yeah. she's next level she's, she's awesome. got the uh trials coming up right yeah that's in atlanta 2020 2020 kind of the beginning of 2020 april april that's kind of the beginning somewhere ish i don't know that's about right i know she's like Pretty much famous, that's all. Yeah, no, she's, so, a, yeah. she's a big deal. She is a big deal. Yes. And exactly. she's, like, throwing out all the sponsors and stuff, too, and how much she loves yes. that product. I was like, dude, that's sick. 
Yeah, that's lit. She's got, there's more than one company that she's repping to. Oh, yeah. She's influencing. Yeah, she's an influencer. <laughs> Andrea's an influencer. Yeah. She is. Similar to yourself. Don't sell yourself short now. Yeah. yeah. I try and influence when I can, but I mean, you guys influence me. You guys are just doing your thing up here. It's unreal. Yeah. You know, well, you know what's funny is, you know, when there is kind of a, uh, a blurred lines between Andrea, which was like in April. And then you coming on in September. I know you're probably like, geez, these guys took five months to hit us up. Like, we did not have five months of guests lined up before you. I did. I will be honest. Um, but it, we had Craig on. And when we had Craig on, someone was telling us this. And I don't know why, but this is what literally made me hit you up. Um, GoPro's off. The, uh, um, he, he was like, oh, dude, Brent was wondering when he was going to get on. When he saw the DM from Back Pocket. And I was like, dude, I remember this Brant kid from somewhere. Like, a couple of people said, get Brant on the podcast. So I was like, okay, Craig, like, you know what? I got you on because you have the best Canadian accent of all time. And that's literally why I wanted you to come on. Kid provided value, absolutely. But I was like, all right, Brant's the next Cairo left. And here we are. I'm honored, to be honest. There's a lot of <laughs> hype around this. Like, I, you know, I just had an average day at school today. This is all I could think about. Yeah. Tonight, I gotta be on my game. I gotta be ready. I don't know what they're gonna throw at me. Like, <laughs> you know, they, did you see the questions? Yeah. Okay. You, you guys give me like those were. We asked five questions. It was like two questions, and then unpack your story is all I saw there. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of unpacking to do. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and we can try. Like, we can get it done. I don't know. Yeah. Unpacking has become our favorite word. We unpack everything at this point. We need to start diving in, though. We can't... We, unpack is almost too much now. We've done it too many times. It's become, like, our thing. Yeah. Which I... How do you feel about the word unpack? Is that kind of intimidating from a guy who is asked to unpack his story? Uh, no, it's, it's a good word. Because, okay. like, it just... It leaves it open-ended. Like, if I want to unpack the whole suitcase, I can. Mm-hmm. But some people, you know, they get to a hotel and they live out of the suitcase and they only unpack the important items. It... It, it leaves it up to me and what I want to talk about or what I'm going to, you know, display to the public. So, wow. That's a great point. And I love that analogy. <laughs> that is money. All right, so let's start unpacking. <laughs> For, like, what do we start with? It's always the bathroom bag. Like, you run into the hotel, you grab the suitcase, and you throw the bathroom bag in the bathroom. That was exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> So, Brant, what would be your bathroom bag? What would be that first thing that you want to unpack? Oh. What's in your toiletries? <laughs> <laughs> what are your vitals? I mean, How I know you brought your two with this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, no. I mean... <laughs> this is a hard question. It's, it yeah. definitely is. But, uh, no, I'm small-town guy. Live off that. Born and raised. And that's, like, you know, one of the important things to me, I guess. That's if you want to start there. Um, Small-town Canada. Yeah. Small town Canada played hockey. Does it get any more textbook than that? Not really. If you couldn't tell already, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so Canadian. That's, I've lived down here for seven years now. So, like, the accent is kind of gone. It used it's to be. gone? It, well, it used to be a lot worse. Let's really? say it's faded. It's faded. Mm-hmm. faded. It's got True. a leather touch. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, six years you've been down here. Yeah, this, I'm, this is my seventh year I've spent down in the U.S. Okay. How do you like it so far? Seven years is a good, like, feel for America. Right? Yeah. You're not uh, young anymore. You're not old. <laughs> it was, it was interesting. Definitely moving down here was actually a, a pretty cool experience. Obviously like we have university in Canada and stuff, but everyone rants and raves about the U S college experience. So mm-hmm. coming out of hockey, that was something I definitely wanted to take advantage of. Um, and it definitely paid off. Like it was next level. I, uh, it's hard to explain to people back home what it's like down here the pride and stuff that you guys rep for your schools and whatnot, like, 
like there's St. Thomas stuff all over your house. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like at home, you don't, we don't see that, that like pride and joy for your school and like the rival rivalries, mm-hmm. those don't exist. So it was like coming down here to play hockey was like, a, I don't know, a more amped up experience from what like I could see, I guess, on the outside looking in before entering. And it mm-hmm. definitely, that was definitely the case. Even just D3 hockey was still a great time. Yeah. So you did you float around with the idea of juniors or I did. I, I actually played three years of junior hockey. Okay. So I did my high school, finished that up, and then played three years of junior hockey in northern Canada in Flintlawn. And then uh, I got offered a position on a team down here in uh, Mequon, Wisconsin, just outside outside Milwaukee for Concordia University of Wisconsin and came down, did my four years and then decided that I wasn't done with school and ended up here. So nice. So, first question is, what was the place you played juniors at, you said? Start with that. Flynn Flon. Flynn Flon. That's <laughs> So, yeah, definitely. Look that, up, that look up, when you get a chance, look up Flint Abadi Flonatin. <laughs> You're the look up guy. We need you. I was just so shocked. I was just so shocked. Flint Flon, that's like... A, when you make up a city name, you're like, I don't know, like Flintlong, Canada, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's a great point. I was also going to ask, like, how close are you to uh, the North Pole at that point when you say Northern Canada? Okay, so if you drive four hours through my place and you hop on a train, which trains don't go very fast, uh-huh. and you ride on the train for 24 hours, you hit the polar bear capital of the world. Whoa. So that's like a, that's a good, like, three days worth of travel to get there. To get to my house, I can do it in one day. It's like a 12, 13 hour drive. From here? Yes. Okay. Wow. So we're pretty far out there. Yeah, and what's crazy is you're not going west at all. You're not going east at all when you're heading those 12 hours. You're going straight north. Yeah, like this is, we're, it's like, it took me about two drives to get it memorized. It's like three turns and I'm at, I'm at home. <laughs> you're kidding. I'm not, I'm not kidding. You drive from here to Grand Forks and you just keep driving until you hit Winnipeg and then keep going straight. Eventually you take one left turn, one right turn and you run into my town. Like it's that's beautiful. Pretty straight. So what's it like being from a small town in Canada? Like are there very distinct cultural things that you um, noticed when you came to America? You're like, oh, we don't, we never did this, or this is totally different. I mean, in America in general, you guys wear your shoes in the house way too often. Mm. Like if I walked into my house at home with my shoes on past the door, something would come flying at me frying pan who knows like Mm -hmm. mom would kill me like i I don't know that's just like there's like like little things some of the words you guys Mm -hmm. say like some in wisconsin they call it a bubbler it's a water fountain it's a water fountain yeah like a crayon is a they call it a crayon a crayon crayon. (laughs) it's a crayon dude like there's a y in there (laughs) or root root beer root beer like it's, root beer. It's root beer. Yep. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a butt. It's a boot. So why is it root? It's a root. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's a little things, but like it for the most part, like it, it's pretty similar. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. There's certain aspects, obviously, that are different, but for the most part, it's not like a total cultural shift. Sure. So it's pretty easy to like adapt to, I guess. In a yeah, way. Absolutely. Ty, you have a anything on update there? on Flynn Flon? Yeah. How do you say what this? What I'm looking at is. Pro- Flintabadi Flonatin. Flintabadi Flonatin. It looks like I, I can't find much like literature on it, but it looks like they're version of like Paul Bunyan. So here I'll just show you a picture. It's like just this big 
statue oh, yeah. real life oh, thing of a man. Oh, so it kind of looks a little bit uh, Charlie Brown esque. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more. Uh, the big statue. Paul, Paul Bunyan twist to it. Right. Yeah, like he has. It's. It's exactly that, but like he has to chop down trees in order to get to where he needs to go. Mm. Yeah, and like, like instead a of survival thing, the the part Pretty I did find was instead of like chopping down trees, it's Flin Flon's a, a mining city. Yeah, they actually it's like the easy. road from my house to Flin Flon is in like an hour and a bit, and they actually had to like blow the rock out of the road to blow the rocks out of the way to make the road. So they blew up the they blew up the rocks mm-hmm. and then made like bridges and stuff out of that to like keep going north. Yep. Mm. So when you say uh, an hour and a bit. Is a bit like fifteen minutes. Yeah. Okay. So or is, or is a bit like on thirty-five minutes. Because yeah, yeah. Declan does bits, but they're usually like two minutes, two three minutes long. Yeah. You know, stand-up comedy. Yeah. That's all I get. That's all they'll give me at this point. <laughs> Declan does bits. I love his bits though. The Google bit was money. That is like I've showed that to multiple people. I will have you know. Hell yeah. Dude, hey, I've, dude I've I've shared that with everyone. It's unreal. That is one of the funnier things. I was actually like getting the gut laugh going for that joke, dude. I was fired up. No, that makes me happy. I love that. Yeah, like, I love hearing the like Declan. They're not order. They're snacks, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Oh, Absolutely dude. loved it. Oh, that's awesome. So, you know what's funny about that video? It has nothing really to do with the joke, but um, I posted that video on Instagram. And I posted that video on LinkedIn. I have like seven hundred views ish on my Instagram. More five thousand views on LinkedIn. <laughs> I have people coming up to me and we're like, "Dude, I didn't know you did comedy. I saw you. Uh, I saw you post on LinkedIn. I was like, that sentence alone is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are getting duped by your own social media. Like I'm putting out stuff that is entirely not LinkedIn worthy, and it's winning. And it's winning. Yeah. LinkedIn's like, yeah, dude, we'll throw some, we'll throw him some love into the algorithm because he's posting jokes. Like, yeah. Sure, it'll work. It'll work. The people don't know what they want to see until they see it, and then all of a sudden it's viral. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Like we don't know what we want to see, and then we see some ridiculous meme, and all of a sudden it's on everything that you you can turn around at that day. It's on. It's everywhere, and everyone knows it. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking about it for like two days. Yep. Yeah, and then we don't know what we want to see again, and then all of a sudden something comes up. Who knows from where? And then we're staring at it, constantly talking about it for two days. Mm-hmm. So I got a question off that. What's one thing that you've done that a lot of people are talking about and have seen something like, okay, that was sick. Wow. Uh, I don't know. Through like freshman year of college, I really came out with a bang. Was it? <laughs> was it? Was it really? Everyone can relate to that right there. I, mean, I came out with a bang. freshman year. So you come down here, I mean come down from Canada and it's like I go to the gas station it's like $17 for 30 Bud Light you're like whoa alright now what big price difference right because it's a 30, very 30 Bud Light at home like yeah. 52 bucks oh holy smokes like no college kid could drink ever no it's so hard but no my first game in college actually some kid said some things I didn't quite like speared me a little bit with his sticks so I just ripped his helmet off and threw it kind of at the crowd and <laughs> after that most people most people knew who I was. Between that and a few pretty greasy mustaches I've rocked throughout the years, I mean, most people kind of... There it is. They could talk about those things, I guess. That was a lot. That's a great answer. On the spot. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. Yes. <laughs> so, what kind of a hockey player would you say you were? Were you kind of like the, the guy who was fighting a lot, or was this just a, a bang freshman year type thing? I was a little bit all over the map. Like okay. I, I definitely liked you know, the shoot score, passing, the puck, all that kind of... That game... That mm-hmm. part of the game was always fun for me, but I've always been a big body, mm-hmm. so 
never afraid to throw it around. It's always been fun. I mean, that always, that like any hockey player, you end up in a few fights just because of, you know, you go lay someone out, well, you got to pay the price for that. You're going to end up in a fight. But I don't know. I, I always enjoyed the hype of it all. Like whether it was scoring a goal or, you know, a big hit, lay somebody out, whatever it is, the hype of like the crowd or the team getting out, like the hype was the part that I loved. So, mm. I mean, anything for that was, was That's funny. You know what's so funny is, uh, like, throwing your body in there. Like, my dad used to tell me, and, like, I'm sure a lot of people, people's dad or coaches would say, sacrifice your body. Oh, yeah. Stick your nose Stick in your it. nose in it. Sacrifice your body. Like, I don't know if we could say that anymore. Are we allowed to coach kids and say, Absolutely not. Well, Will, I want you to go out no way, there, right? and I want you no to way. stuff up <laughs> the full, like, I want you to just sacrifice your body for the fullback so the will can make the play. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's coaching, but you can't say sacrifice your body. And I, that's how I reacted every time. When I knew that I had to take on the lead blocker, you're sacrificing your body. That was my mental mindset. And I don't know if you could say that. I don't think, yeah, I think you're right. I, don't, I do it. No, no. Too soft. Like, in hockey, it's a little different in hockey, but like, okay. they would say, like, my dad would always tell me, if you go in like you're scared, you're going to get hurt. So just don't be scared and go run someone over. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Like two weeks ago, I was at a barbecue. I told this kid, my girlfriend, her little cousin is like 10, 12 years old. He's starting to get into like the hitting. They teach you how, right? Yeah. So I, she looks at me. She's like, what would you tell him? And I was just like, you know what? Honestly, don't be scared. Like if you act scared, you're going to get hurt. So just go in there and run somebody over. And she was like, oh my God. <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't know if I want to talk to you anymore. It's like, oh, I, I mean, that was kind of standard that's, back that's in the day. That's the baseline. But I, I mean, I did play juniors hockey and I feel like, uh, I feel like saying, like, oh, back in the day, back in the day, it makes me feel old, but it's just, like, escalated so quickly. Like, I know you need to be safe, and I know people get hurt and whatever, but it's like, you signed up for it. Mm-hmm. It's a part of the game. Don't change the game. Just change who's signing up. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I like that. I enjoy that. Like, with football, like, if they took hitting out of the NFL and it was flag football no one would watch yeah so like 10% if right like yeah. you live for the like you're watching your TV on Sunday and you hear two helmets absolutely crunch you look you like oh something big happened I heard that through my TV mm-hmm. you know that something I went down yes my TV. so you yes. you're like alright replay watch this mm-hmm. and you see it but you know if that wasn't happening what are we looking what are we doing here yeah. Ty you're a peewee coach has there been things that uh, you've been taught? <laughs> baseball, first of all. Oh, baseball. I mean, we do teach a you know, get your nose in it kind of mentality on the baseball field. Yeah. I was going to say, when I played football, I, I had a coach tell me that when when you get in a car crash, there's a car that's going 80, and there's a car that's going 20, and the car that's going 80 wins. wins. Like, the car that's going 20 is going to feel more than the car that's going 80, so you better be the car that's going 80 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, and in, in baseball, to your point, you know, we run through the bag, you know, if the first baseman's got his foot somewhere, it, it doesn't have to be, well, you just run through the bag, that's yeah. that's your bag sure. to run through, and we're not playing, like, t-ball anymore, where they have a little safety bag, and they have, like, a first baseman, okay. one I bag. I don't know a lot about baseball, but, like, mm-hmm. usually, like, the back catcher can get run over pretty good, what, right? What did you say, the back catcher? The back catcher? I don't uh, know, I don't know, just, just the catcher, they, they, the catcher? yeah, catcher. they niche down, actually, Okay. Yeah. The they, they minimize, they like, yeah, I got it. They just become a catcher. But they yeah. like they get crunched pretty hard sometimes when somebody's coming in hot. Well, they try and stand there. We, we actually had a couple of kids on our team that were serial bat throwers, so that, like they get a hit and they just kind of throw the bat, <laughs> and there'd be like the um would be ducking around, and the catcher would you know catch one in the side of the head or something like that. And you know I wasn't too upset about it. The other would be like, hey, you know, got to issue a warning. And I'm like, 
don't worry about where you're throwing your bat after you get a hit. Like, so you like the guy that comes flying off the dugout, like swinging his hat around? Or? You know, I'll, I'll kick some dirt if I have to. Okay, I gotta kick dirt. I gotta protect my boys. I'm not like baseball. I'm not. <laughs> you like, we only have one team in Canada, so there's not much I know about that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, what was there? Um, what was the question you asked uh, Matt the other day? Who's a big? Who's a bigger? Oh name yeah. Canada? Who's become a bigger name in Canada? Drake or Wayne Gretzky? Wow, Drake. Like, wow, okay. Yeah, okay. Matt, Matt Weiss, since he said he hasn't been there, hasn't like been there for months at a time, is still on the Gretzky bandwagon. Really? Mm-hmm. But I was like, after wow. Toronto just won that championship. I mean, I know Matt's gonna hear this, but dude sounds old right now. Jeez, <laughs> man, come on. No, like I think after the raps though, mm-hmm. and him just being like, I don't even. I don't know. He was an influence influencer, I guess. Like he was a raps influencer. He just hung out on the sidelines for the playoffs, mm-hmm. and now like he's just all they talk about. He's everywhere. Yep. Between him and like Justin Trudeau, I guess, right? <laughs> for other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Our elections coming up, so I mean that's that right now is big talk. But like overall, yeah, Gretter's kind of like he's he's definitely on. Like he's, I'm not saying he's on the decline, but he's just. Yeah, I mean, he's getting old. There's nothing to talk about now. No. Like, what do you... Yeah, he's not part he's, owner with the, the Coyotes down in Arizona. I don't know if he did. He coached that. for a bit down there and then, like, tried to be part owner. I don't know. I think he just he, he just played the game and he was that good and that's all he should have done. Yeah, agree. Not all players should be coaches. Not all coaches should be players. It's mm-hmm. just the way the, the way the game, I think. It's a great know. quote, man. It's <laughs> a really powerful quote. Do you have something to say about that? Well, I was going to say, like, can you think of something in America that's as, like, influential, like, as... And, like, embodies a country as much as Drake does. Like, I feel like Drake, like, represents the entire country. Canadian population. Right. right And, like, I don't think there's a single, like, musician, at least, that does that for America. I don't know. That's why I would agree with you. We're so, I mean, United States, to put us all in one cultural box, I mean, outside of being obese, I guess, is (laughs) the hardest thing to do. Right? I mean, like, the South is, like, totally different from the Midwest. And the East Coast is different from the West Coast. They're different artists that are that's probably part of booming, it. you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we can all agree America's obese. Everyone puts us in that box. Yeah, I mean, not us. I, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be super honest. Yeah, I didn't see. I had never seen an insulin pump till I got here. Wow. I'd never seen one. I got to college, and our captain was just like tucking it in his hockey pants for a game. I'm like, what is that, dude? He's like, oh, that's my insulin pump. Got to have it going during the game. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. So, but that's also diabetes type one. It's true. You never know. He could have been. This is one. true. Yeah. yeah, he was definitely him. But I'd never seen anything like that. Like, yeah, that's culture shock, dude. I was like, <laughs> called just like, what happened? I saw insulin when I went down there. You won't believe this. <laughs> they got insulin, guys. <laughs> uh, but transitioning a little bit more, you know, from the hockey side to what you're up to now, like, where did you get into wanting to be a chiropractor? I mean. That started with hockey, definitely. Okay. Um, I was actually, when I played in Flint Flon, I... <laughs> when you hear that, it's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> when I played there, I uh, hurt my back pretty bad, actually. I got run over by a guy that played football. Mm. He leveled me. And I my low back was out of whack for a long time. Could barely tie my skates. Like, basically the entire season, I just kind of nursed it. Made it to practice and made the games, and that was pretty much all I did for about a year. And went to the chiropractor for like the first time within like a month. I was almost back to normal. Wow! Like it was pretty crazy. And then after that, I went to college and kind of decided like I actually started as a teacher. I wanted to be a gym teacher. 
thought that was cool. Like, summer's off, we can golf, we can do all this sweet stuff. Not the case at all. So I was like, all right. We're gonna not, switch to, not to bash all the gym teachers, because we love gym teachers. No, they're not your cup of tea. They're definitely great people. It just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a per- Personally, it wasn't a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. So were you, like, physically a gym teacher for a certain time? No, I just, I started in the education program, and then they put us into, like, a, observation like clinical observations sure. your first semester of college okay so i found out right away i was like this just isn't for me just right. not what i need to be doing so yeah definitely led me here right i got on the podcast it's crazy <laughs> the back pocket the growth is <laughs> so uh no i low back pain saw the chiropractor and then when i was finishing up college i was graduating with a degree in exercise physiology and basically the only place i saw myself going with it was like kind of the personal trainer like gym direction and for me, that just, like, I grew up with, you know, uh, my parents worked shift, or like my parents did, so, you know, uh, six to six, night shift, day shift, so, like, not a lot of time being home from supper and stuff like that. So, when I was growing up, uh, I decided, you know, like, that was something that I wanted to be home for dinner. I wanted to kind of have a job where I could work during the day. And being a personal trainer just doesn't suit that. You literally work when other people don't. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I was like, all right. And then when I went home to see my chiropractor in the summer, she was like, you know, what about, what about chiropractic school? I was like, you know, I never thought of that, but let's see if I can get in. So I, I uh, looked into the school in Toronto and here, and then put my application in here. I didn't even actually apply to Toronto. I was kind of set on coming here or nothing. So put my application in here and honestly would never look back. It's been a great two years. It's been a grind, but it's it's been an amazing two years, so. And you're coming in on the final half year turn. Is that how that works? No. So I have another like year and a half, but I'm actually in my last semester of like full-time classes. Got it. So after this, I'm like class once a week, a lot more clinical stuff like that. So definitely over the hump. It's nice. It's been, this semester has been a bit of like, uh, I like, I always feel like I got something to do. Like where I have something to do. I need to do something, but it's just not as heavy anymore. It's more like hands-on and whatnot. So it's been a nice breather. Uh, I you're tracking back just real quick. Did you play center in hockey? Yeah, I was a defenseman. Okay, I, I was feeling some Brian Bickle vibes from you for like <laughs> Brian Bickle. Yeah. Okay, you Blackhawks fan? Yeah, cool. man. Dustin Buffoon, best, yeah, best Blackhawk of all time. He's a good one. <laughs> I was blown we lost him. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he's yeah. He he wasn't famous until he played for the Blackhawks. Correct. Yeah. He lived on the fourth line in the power play. Or, uh, in the playoffs when they won the cup and yeah, he destroyed the power play <laughs> yes yeah. lived in front of them it's yeah. kind of hard to move mm-hmm. anyways that's nuts yeah that's so I, I sidetracked heavily there, but I was <laughs> thinking about I just pictured him as well, a center like a grinder like hustling back and forth to get that on the defensive end look dude if we have to get sidetracked and go on tangents to you know fulfill our own needs on this podcast that's what we gotta do we can do that that's what we gotta do and that's just, just how we do it mm-hmm. um, but I actually do want to get back on track thank you um, and ask you know First off, when you hurt your back, went to Cairo, um, got a fix in a month, then go to, now you're in two years of school of chiropractic. Do you know exactly, like, how your back was fixed now? I, I have a pretty good yeah, idea pretty of, good like, idea of like what, what she did, what was going on, like, yeah. what happened, and what, I, I have a really good idea of what I wasn't doing mm-hmm. that could have, like, could have got me better way faster. Aside from seeing a chiropractor, like, there was a lot going on with my back that I could have just, like, 
you know, like the gym, stretching, stuff like that. Just, I wasn't doing the right things for what was going on. Yeah. So I was doing some stuff, but it was never the correct thing. As soon as you know the right thing, mm-hmm. it's like a light switch. It's just like, oh, all right. Right. So, I mean, that was like, for me, that was a big eye opener as to how helpful it can be. And then to think about like the pain I was in, like, I'm talking like 10 minutes of time I skates. Like it was, couldn't bend over, nothing. And then within that amount of time to be, you know, fixed up. And I used a bit of acupuncture too. That was a big help with like a lot of the muscle work and stuff that had to be done. But now that I understand all that and I've kind of like, you know, two years in, there's, I have a whole different perspective on things. I have a pretty good idea of like what was going on and what was happening. Right. Yeah. And I think people get that. um, I don't know if they necessarily get it twisted, but they have kind of this like rash assumption of like, one type of treatment and a solution. Yeah. Whereas like you're saying, you know, chiropractic was a huge help, but there's also acupuncture. There's also stretching. Mm-hmm. If you stretch more possibly. Um, I just like the idea of like the Cairo industry looking at a human more holistically. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's a big part of it for me. Um, it's amazing. Like some of the stories or some of the things people will tell you about like where they were at in their journey or like where they were at with their pain. Mm-hmm. and the steps that like say a medical doctor that just never really looked anywhere else is like yeah i want to do surgery on this and then they maybe start seeing a chiropractor and all of a sudden they don't need surgery like it's it's that holistic approach and like looking at each person as an individual mm-hmm. because everyone's habits are different everyone's daily life is different so taking that holistic approach but to every individual person and figuring out what they need to be better is like it's cool that's the fun part for me that's then and we're being given all these tools in school over the next like you know over three and a half years i'm two years into it the more tools i accumulate the more things i can figure out the more specific i can be and wrap my head around each individual patient that i have yeah you got a big tool belt dude yeah i'm excited we do and and it's and the tool belt tool belt is only as big as you want to make it so i could i can go to seminars i can learn more it's it's a constant learning curve. Yeah. Once I graduate, like I know that my learning won't be done, but it's going to be where I want to learn. Like I'm not going to be sitting there staring at biochemistry equations and you know, stuff like that. It's going to be stuff that I want to know about stuff that I want to learn about so that I can help people. And I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's like the, you know, the corny way of saying it, but it's like, I want to help people. That's, it's cool. Like it helped me. It put me in a place where, I couldn't tie my skates. I could barely play the game I loved. And then all of a sudden, like the next year, I had one of the best years of my life. I, you know, that was, and I'm not saying, you know, I got treated by a chiropractor. All of a sudden I was amazing. Like that's not what happened, but it allowed me to unlock that potential to have one of the best years of my career. So, I mean, it was cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. It led me here. So I mean, that's, yeah. Again, back to the back pocket. I mean, you, don't to, you don't really don't have to deflect all of this like, all the way to here, you know, like, you're your own person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is the career track uh, primarily for Kairos to open up their own practice? I mean, if you want to talk real, the moneymaker is your own business. Okay. Let's be, let's be, being honest, like working for someone in this industry, I don't think there's, somebody can't afford to pay you what you would want to make as a chiropractor out of their business unless you're like, in a partnership almost really the goal is you know to own your own or own a a group practice where you have two or three in the same building or something which is nice too because then if you want to take vacation or something you're not hanging your patients out to dry for a week or two or whatever it is right 
there's there's pros and cons to owning your own, but at the end of the day, if you can't like it's you want to find someone that you align with. If you don't find somebody that you can work with and align with and have you know that same approach to every patient, then it's tough to do. So having your own business is an advantage where you can you know treat the way you want to treat and tackle patients the way you want to tackle them mm-hmm. to to get, to get people better. And I mean, you have to be on the same page. And if you can't be, a lot of people do end up going you know out on their own sure so with that being said do the does like northwestern or chiropractic schools help with that since that is the primary business model for you guys once you graduate uh no i mean they do they the only way i feel like if you're if you want to buy a practice definitely but uh, the one thing they are working on improving is the business program and that i mean it's three and a half years you're jam-packing the human body into yeah. And that's like not enough time. Mm-hmm. It seems like, right? So to jam pack like business stuff into that too, um, is tough to do it right. Like I mean, people take a four year degree on business. So how are they gonna jam pack that into my doctor? Like it doesn't really work that way. So there's they do do what they can, but at the end of the day it's it's more about like the efficacies of everything, like, you know, different cultures be aware of this be aware of this some insurance stuff but at the end of the day like creating a business model and and actually getting money for that and financing and like the logistics the reality of it all isn't really laid out for you we have one class on it i think in in like my next year i'll be taking it so So it's kind of interesting it is it's tough because it makes it it makes it tough to jump in right away so you almost got to take like an associate position with another doc and try and you know, obviously you develop your skills, develop your, your client interaction, but you also have to be able to develop your business side of things and, and, and learn that game too. So yeah. it's definitely a two-sided kind of thing. It's, you got to find that balance. It's tough. Yeah. So where do you see yourself then? Do you want to start your own practice or is there something else on the horizon? Uh, I'd definitely like to have my own someday for sure, but I'd like to live somewhere smaller, uh, maybe where I could take over from somebody older, which would be okay. ideal for me. I mean in those small communities you really got to earn your keep you gotta you gotta have a good character reputation and you know i figured the only way to do that is to like earn somebody's trust that's you know already been in the community for 20 30 years but they're looking to get out and you know want to show me how to run a business how to do things how to market how to do what you need to do to survive but also teach me a few things about chiropractic and develop my skills in that area in a sense that they maybe turn over to me in the end which would be be the ideal or situation at that point you have the tools to start uh your own practice in another community of similar demographic and size exactly and i mean that's the thing too is like if at the end of that period where you feel like you know i'm ready to jump into this on my own if they're not willing to turn over they're like not really not they're like yeah we're not ready to walk away for another 10 years it's like all right you know thanks for everything but you know i gotta go my direction now yeah. i gotta do my thing now and then you know what and i don't doubt i'm gonna fall on my face a little bit i i mean that's obviously you don't want to right but I mean that that happens. It's a part of success. Man. It's a part of exactly. It's a part of life. If you if you haven't if you haven't tried, if you didn't go out there and do it, then I mean, how are you going to be successful? How exactly. are you going to get there? Exactly. If you're if you're scared to fall on your face, it's going to be tough to to get anywhere. So yeah. when you are in, so like these last two years, you're, you you mentioned earlier how you're jam packing the human body into three and a half years. Um, as someone who has not been through that, I've been so. I mean, I was an engineer and jam packed a lot of different types of engineering in the four years, um, and I was able to use like 
my algebra and calculus and physics class in my mechanics and materials class and then took that to my thermal class and it, it built on each other yeah. on itself um is that the similar style or is that how the human body is presented to you guys or i guess on a flip side question like how is it presented to you guys so i mean we as any like doctorate program you have to take the basic sciences so you're right. going to take like your histology like biochemistry, microbiology, like those basic sciences, you, I mean, they do tie in, like your immunology ties into your immune system, whatever, like that kind of like on smaller bits that mm -hmm. ties in definitely. But it's, it's almost like a repetition thing. Like you get your general anatomies and stuff like the basics of the human body in your T1 and T2 and T3. And then in T4, it's more of like, okay, we know the structure now, but let's take this and like try to learn how to apply it. So like one, two, three, you learn a lot of factual knowledge, like flashcards on flashcards on flashcards, like just facts. But then once you get into like four, five, and six, you take that, those structures and those things you've learned, those facts, and you really try to apply it. Like, okay, now where is something going wrong? And then in like seven, eight, nine, ten, you're expected to take those things that, you know, the facts that you learned how you apply them and use it. Okay. So how am I going to take this fact that I know that this person does not care about, but this thing that I did once that helped somebody for whatever reason. And like, let's tie it all together with this problem that they're having. So it's, it's like a, it's a progression I would say yeah. of like learning basic knowledge to progressing into like applying that basic knowledge and then to like perfecting that knowledge Yeah, and implementing and implementing yeah that's at the end of the day cause that's you know as much as like we go to school i mean you guys have seen mark he grinds it sucks it's not fun <laughs> it's, it's terrible but at the end of the day like if you come to me with a sore back or, or a hurt shoulder or whatever it may be you don't like you care but you don't care what i'm doing as long as you go home at night and you can like sleep and it feels better then yeah you're all right with as it. long as like a you're a guy i can trust and you're a cool dude exactly b I know what you're doing. And my, my research on you is like, oh, he went to chiropractic school. Let's let him, let's, let's have, him ha let him have a shot on the back. And then three, let's see how well he did it. Exactly. And I mean, that, that reputation that you got to build yeah. is going to influence the people around you. Right. It's, but it is, it's going to yeah. like, yeah. because if, you know, it's going to have an influence on how you live your life and what you do. And I guarantee you, like if you were hurt and you know, that, that impacted you in some way, that like if he gets hurt, you're gonna be like, wow, this happened. This is what happened. You should go see him, and then mm -hmm. it turns into that. So, and then by you sending, you know, as a young chiropractor, if I get a new case from someone else, and I want to, you know, do my best by that because I know you and everything like that, it, it becomes one big circle, and then it becomes like a learning curve for me as a young chiropractor, but also you know beneficial to the people around me. So it's it's a giant incline of just learning technique. I'd say. And I mean, even when you get out of school, you're not done learning. It's You just keep learning and you keep getting better and it keeps changing. So Isn't that growth and all of it? It is. It's, it's, it's a little bit scary, to be mm -hmm. honest. I mean... We, we get to see Matt Weiss go through it and how much fun he's having with this industry because it's so new. And at the same time, there's, just a, there's a lot of different ways of looking at it. And, and taking it your own and he's doing an incredible way of just building community and building that reputation i mean everyone you talk to loves 
Dr. Matt Weiss and therefore love center movement, yeah. which is pretty impressive. Dr. Matt is cool. He's he's a crazy dude. I like he's wild. Um, he actually played like the same level as hockey of, of hockey that I did and stuff. So actually, as soon as I got down here, I was like, I know that last name. I've seen it. And then I looked him up and whatever, and like the guy is killing it. Like, I don't know if he sleeps at night, but he is killing it. He's doing everything he can to put it out there. And, and he's doing it his way. That's a cool thing. It's yep. like the dude is doing it how he wants to do it. And, and that's how it's being done. And, and clearly there's a following for that because the people love it. So like, yep. it's, it's impressive, man. He, we just had him on the podcast and he was talking about how he um, put on this summer of movement series with uh, the center and he did 17 events. In 15 weeks this summer. But the guy doesn't sleep. Doesn't he, sleep. Also, he also had to work. He also had to you work. know, that wasn't work. That he's was just him doing his thing. Yeah. yeah. He's sick. This guy's wild. Yeah, I know he's off the charts, but he's a real cool dude. He's yeah. awesome. Yeah, he also, and he, sometimes he like has time for fun, too. He's like, oh, you want to play in this like uh, outdoor hockey tournament? I'm like, where do you have time for that? But sh- like, yeah, I will. But like, how did you make time for that in your life? No, he's, he's awesome. He's definitely influential in the community and... And for us at school too, he's a younger guy. Yeah, you know, a lot of us know who he is and stuff like that. It's just sweet. So that's super cool. The uh, so what's cool is like we we met him at Alter, which is like a workout place. Which I know we need to dive into this. Is your uh, your CrossFit bro? And he even coined as that by me. Uh, <laughs> because a lot of other people were like, "Oh, dude, talking about CrossFit." So what what is it about CrossFit that you're so obsessed with? Is it Matt Frazier? Dude, that guy's a psycho. That guy is the freak of nature. I don't even know. He's the best of the best. Yes. Yeah, that guy is just straight up fitness. He is. He, 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 he is finds fit. Mm-hmm. Um, no, for me, it was like when hockey ended. I needed, yeah. I, I like that loose screw that like, I need to feed it. Like it's just the hockey intensity, like the hype of it, mm-hmm. the, the pregame, the postgame, that for me, like the library wasn't getting it done. You it's know, the feeling of like getting ready for battle and going to war. Just yeah, like the like last it time it makes you feel alive. Like yeah. it's just like like sounds ridiculous, but like to check your pulse. Like if if you're like on a Friday night, if you have a game or something, and your pulse is not elevated in some way, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Like that that's the stuff I live for. So CrossFit for me was like the was the alternative. Sure. Like I always enjoyed working out, and I trained for hockey since I was like whatever twelve years old, but. CrossFit for me was like the intensity of it, like no matter how hard the workout is or no matter how, how much it puts me in the ground or how sore I am, I seem to go back. And it's just kind of like it, it puts you in the ground, it humbles you, and then you go back mm-hmm. and you yeah. keep going back. And you're, you're like, why? putting 200 well, pounds above your head. Yeah. Like it's, there's no better feeling than like crushing a big weight or it's like a big, big lift. I mean, at the, what was it? So not this past summer. You know, you guys know what the Grand Games is? It's in St. Cloud. It's a pretty big cro- crossway competition. Okay. Okay. Now I do. And so we were, I was there, went on a team of three with two guys from my gym, and it was Friday or Saturday, the four o'clock workout in the hockey rink on the like ice surface. Nine minutes. Each guy has a max squat clean, one rep. What? So the tunes are cranked like this. It's just a hyped environment. And I hit like a 350 pound squat clean and it was like guys are cheering. Like it was just the environment of like that intensity, like that fun, that looking back, like that's, that's why I do it. I mean, I love fit. I love, 
I mean, I like to eat Oreos and stuff like that. So that's part of the reason I do CrossFit. <laughs> Everyone's heard about my Oreo addiction. But, uh, like, you know, the, the, the bottom line is, like, the intensity of yeah. it and the, the accountability, I guess, of all the workouts and stuff like that. That, to me, is what kind of the community of it brings mm-hmm. it brings it back to, like, that sports life that I've always lived. I guess I just kind of needed that in my life to kind of keep myself straight. The mental health side of it, like, you know, it keeps you hard day of studying. A workout can sometimes, you know, it can kill that. It can, it can be the release. Give you a little bit of life. And it's, you know, I've, I've always kind of, like, I've stuck by it since I quit hockey pretty much. So, okay. good. Two-part questions. Uh, double stuffed. Ooh, oh god, Oreos! Or, we're gonna get fired. All right, let's or start. Or are you a big holiday celebration guy? Where like you love the the orange ones they break out for Halloween? Uh, those are sauce facts. But I mean, like, okay, so funny story. I was in Target like last week, looked at the shelf, and I go, I've tried every flavor. Like now what? So it's like, oh, then like two days after that, they come out with the mystery Oreo. No. Oh yeah. You gotta get into it. It's they got a website, they got everything. Oh, they got clues, hints, you gotta it's it's tough to follow along. But double stuff, I don't know. If you okay, so recently there was a limited edition called the most stuff. There was literally more filling than cookie. Oh my goodness. Oh it was almost too much. I bet you it was too so much. So you gotta go back to the double stuff isn't enough. You gotta go to the mega stuff. Wow. The ratio is pretty much perfect. Mega stuff. If you're just if you're looking for a plain Oreo, the mega stuff is so you'll never do the uh, the single layer, just a normal OG Oreo, Oreo, just an average Oreo. Nah, no, I mean, you have to to get the weird flavors like the mystery or the but like the birthday Spring cake, session, the yeah. carrot, uh, carrot cake, red velvet. Those are all single stuff. Those are all the normal, normal stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's just it's kind of like you live with it for that. But like if I had to just get the plain Oreo, mega stuff for sure. Damn. So what about like the token golden Oreo? Wow. I mean, the Golden Oreo was a success when they had the cinnamon roll yes. flavor. Oh, down to box of those one night. It was brutal. But they are so good. So Did you drink that with milk or you just raw dogs? Three <laughs> sleeves of <laughs> Oreos. Raw dogging three lines. <laughs> so, like, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go full sandy on three three lines, you gotta go with a liter of strawberry milk. Whoa, dude! <laughs> like, I know your mind just exploded when I said strawberry milk. But... It did, and then is that vanilla or normal Oreo? Oh, it, I, it all depends on the day for me. Okay, wow. Well, like, I'm definitely hooked on the mystery Oreo right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's why is that? It's good. Oh, it's like do we have any ideas of what the mystery? How could we solve this thing? Yeah. Oh, Scooby Doo and the gang are coming in. And yeah, because I'll help, dude. I'll do anything. Pretty much. Anything. You got a case? So go on the Mystery Area website and look right. up the hint, okay. and then you have to go buy yourself a box, try them. Yeah. And then you got to look at the hint on the back of the then box. You got a raw dog, three lines. <laughs> yeah. You got to look on the back. Of three lines. Three lines. <laughs> lines, not lines. <laughs> He's been driving the scooters. I've been riding too many scooters. <laughs> the line, dude. I did that for the first time a couple weeks ago. They're fun. Greatest experience. Yeah. Greatest. Mm-hmm. Covered a lot of ground downtown of some family that was in town. At like a cheap price. Yeah, it was like, like, like oh, 20 bucks, and you covered like 19 or 20 miles. <laughs> you couldn't walk that in like four days. You went you that long? That's yeah, a lot. We, we did an hour and a half. Holy on the shit. scooters. It was That's a good insane. time. And yeah. you had a fully charged one then. 
Yes. We did like the Stone Arch Bridge area. Yeah. That we, we girlfriend had some family in town, so we just yeah, yeah, take them. Well, I didn't want to walk. Like, we got to show you everything, but I don't want to walk. No, you don't. Or run. Running? No, that's a hard you don't job. Run, yeah. Hard <laughs> so yeah, we took the scooters out. Like, okay, so then, so after I rip, um, after I brought out three lines of this mystery <laughs> Oreo, I turned the box over. Is that what you're saying? On the back, there's going to be a hint. Another hint. Well, there's there's a hint on like the back of the box, and there's hints on the website. And if you call, there's a number on the website too. If you call that. We hint. also think it's a hint. It just sounds like a random message, but we also think that's a hint too. Mm. Okay. So, so is there is there a community that you're uh, part of? We have like there's like me and me and uh, four dudes from the gym are really big into the Oreo game right now. Oh man, it sounds like a, like a, just a whole podcast alone. It pretty much could be. We could do yeah. Oreo, Oreo edition. Uh, I'll supply. All right. Dude. <laughs> I was like, shit. We should brought Oreos. So yeah, no thing to have. Genius. I, um, I'm thinking it's some type of like a moose track. Like it's got multiple flavors in the mystery, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, I should say. Yeah. You know how like moose track is like, like a caramel, caramel, caramel brownie moose track, yeah. market pantry ice cream? Mm-hmm. Fire. Fire. Dip your Oreos in that, see what happens. Oh. <laughs> Yo, actually, I have a good uh, life hack for you. So when right. you dunk your Oreos, do you, you go by hand? Raw dog the dunk as well. Yes. Okay. Um, got a tip for you that I use when I dunk okay. my Oreos. So take a fork, take wow. the mega stuff, stick the fork through the stuff, Uh-oh. get a full dunkage. You know, hold it there. Let the full bubbles, full submersion. Full submersion on the Oreo, so you don't get half mushy, half crunchy. Yeah. Exactly. I see what you're after full there. Immersion and then okay. Eat it like normal. Hmm. Dude, I'm telling you, it's it is game changing. If we put it on a stick, is it then in our door? We can make that happen. <laughs> Put it on a stick, it's, a, it's definitely hors d'oeuvre. I can still don't know how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's actually funny, though, is I now know how to spell hors d'oeuvres. Full, full I, could, I couldn't spell it. Right now. So. H-O-R-S-D-apostrophe-E-U-R-V-E-S. Sorry, did you get it? H-O-R-S? Hors d'oeuvre. Hors space... D apostrophe. See, this is why I'm in a little Everybody, okay, okay, okay. Declan's trying to spell again. You went too quick on me. I'm not this good. Sorry. Try again. Ready? Yeah. H O R S space D apostrophe E U R V E S. So it's H O R. There's there's no S after the H O R. Shit. Then D apostrophe O E U V R E S. Okay. So there was three airs? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Joke is still sticking. <laughs> just use what the word good. snacks, man. Yeah, just use snacks. snacks. Live, live your comedy. Live my comedy. I was, I was literally going to go in and be like, yeah, I've written it down so many times on my set list that I know to spell it. Turns out I've been spelling it wrong the whole time. I've set list. <laughs> yeah. hey, you know what it means. It's good. Yeah, it's whatever. The joke crushes for Charlie. Uh, but transitioning here to the back end of our show where we ask our core questions. Uh, first one is, what is your average quality? Something you do well at times, other times not so well. At the end of the day, Brent, what's your average quality? What do you got for us? Average quality. I mean, I don't know if this qualifies, but my average quality is probably golfing. Mm. You know? like Golf is the game of average. Game of average. It is, though. Because, you know, you, you get out there, front nine, you're like, ah, all right, we're okay. And then, like, back nine, you, you the wheels start to fall off. Everyone. Where you have one good hole and you're like, oh, I'm feeling it. And the next three are like, you're Brutal. on a double bogey train. Yeah. And then usually you get to the end of the round, right? And you're like, hmm, hole 18. And you either crush your drive 
or your drive's brutal. You make some weird rescue shot, and you're like right by the pin. You tap in, you're like, I'll come back tomorrow, and I'll be that good. And you come back tomorrow, and you're the same thing happens. I've been doing it for like 25 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's got to be it because I, I golf, I play hockey. It's our off season thing. Yep. That's just it. Kind of goes hand in hand. But am I good? No. But I can like swing the sticks and have a few drinks. Like that's never. That's the I'm, basic requirements. Yeah. Like, can you drink a beer? Yes. Can you swing a club at a small white ball? Sort of. You qualify. You can play. I mean, like, can I hit it pretty far? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if you want. I mean, that's that's you know that could be. Or up that's to you. optional. Yeah, that's optional. The drinking is like probably the most important part when Very it comes important. to golfing. Mm. You gotta have a few, few relaxers out there. Absolutely. What's your drink choice on the course nowadays? Ooh. Like, if we're just gonna go like safety move, Bud Lights. Okay. Just safe, very safe drink. Yeah. But like, if I'm getting adventurous, like the Pink Whitney is. Oh yeah. Is definitely on the rise right now. It's definitely a good. You know, summery pink lemonade. It's a very summery drink. So hot day on the course, those go down like water. Is it vodka? That's pink lemonade vodka. Yeah, it's between like New Amsterdam and uh, Spit and Chocolates. Their podcast will already put out a bottle of vodka. Isn't that a sponsor? But up to great things. Yeah, Uh, Spit and Chocolates. Definitely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they. You know, there's things. They're just do what you guys do. They just. Put things out there that they want to put out there. It's a, it's un, it's not unregulated, but it's just, it's not what the, you know, the news and all the big name stuff. They just put out there what people want to hear. What do they want to see? But you guys, them, they're just putting out there the things that you know, things that they want to put out, and their crowd, their people come to it, and it yeah. works. Mm-hmm. They can and they can sell pink lemonade, vodka, and they yes. can absolute killing us. Yes, and it's not even really about the money. I mean. It, to a point, of course it is, and it's great that they're doing that, but it does show the power of, like, if I were to tell you this five years ago, that a couple random hockey guys start a podcast, start a podcast, and then all of a sudden could make, like, a million dollars in sales because they're, and they're kicking every other vodka industry ass doing some podcasts. But, but all they did was they put pink lemonade in vodka. We've been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. College kids have been doing this forever, and they're like, you know what, we're just going to put our podcast sticker on the front of this. Yeah. And put it in a store. See what happens. That's yeah. hilarious. And of course, there's an entire story behind it, which is good. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. To the point. Not an entire story. But regardless. Ridiculous. I, di- I digress and very ridiculous. Um, so, next question. Um, you had golf in your uh, as your average quality, which is by far my below average quality. Um, but what is in your back pocket? So, this is something when you know pressure becomes stress, you're in a tough situ- t- situation and anxiety is rising. What is like a mental attribute or something that you have in your back pocket that you use not on tap? Yeah, honestly, this question, like, listen to the podcast and know what you guys are about. And ever since I started that question, I was thinking, like, what is my, you know, what is in my back pocket? I never really, like, you know, there's always times of stress and I just kind of deal with it and move on. And I really thought about, like, what in that time, what in that moment is, like, what is it actually? And Part of it for me, I'm like a like a shell guy. I, it's not like, you know, I'll kind of go into my shell and do my thing. But at the end of the day, I think it's humor. Okay. It gets me out of it. Like, there's nothing like, you know, a tough day or a stressful situation that really gets you 
you know, it brings you up. Like, it's it's just too much. You can't handle it. But at the end of the day, like, somebody cracks a good joke, puts a smile on your face, it can change everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it's, like, joking around with the boys or playing some video games or doing whatever, like, when stress starts to come down, that humor kicks in, and it's that's what you need, I think. I mean, everyone needs that once in a while, but, you know, outside of my, like, normal, like, you know, I get a little angry when I'm, you know, stressed out or I'm a little, I go to the gym, crush some weights and whatever else, stuff like that. But the other day, it's like the humor that really picks you back up and, and gets you going again, I think. And that's, you know, that's, I think that's, that's the, you know, the main one that I would probably go with. For and sure. not taking yourself too seriously, putting things in perspective and just literally having a good time. Yeah. It's just, it's all that combined. It's a joke. It, it's, yeah. And everything's going to be okay. You know, and the one thing too that I, that makes me laugh to this day and it's, it's funny because it's more, so I don't know if you guys have ever seen the meme where it's like Ben Stiller from Tropic Thunder and it's got the words adapt, persevere, overcome. Like those three words in any situation can help you. But the humor of the meme makes me laugh because if you've ever seen that movie, it's ridiculous. His, his journey throughout that, <laughs> his adaption. He yeah, is adaption. ridiculous. So like the whole, but like if you take that model, the adapt, persevere, overcome model to anything i mean humor can get me out of stuff like that like that's kind of at the end of the day like what am i pulling out of the back pocket at the end of the day when it's you know i'm, I'm going to bed or like at home chilling at the night at the end of the night it's kind of like over with mm-hmm. but in the moment i think too it's you know a little bit of adaptation you got to have some perseverance and you got to overcome it whether no matter what it is and uh in any situation whether it's you know like issue with your roommate you know you fight a little bit or if it's like trying to figure out like where do you want to get a job or if you get fired or stuff like that you can apply it to almost any situation which is oh, yeah. neat, so. we we learned in football um we called this was a term called foag and this is f-o-a-g figure out adjust and go so that that was like our our motto on defense and on offense of like you're you can't be a robot out there when you're playing football you have to figure out what formation they're in go through your checklist adjust to whatever it is and go and then you add in the woo. So, yeah. wag woo with urgency. Yeah, okay. That's life. I like that. But yeah, very similar to adapt, persevere, overcome. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, every coach has a different way of saying it. Every That's why they're great. Yeah. That's why they're great. You fall all the time. Yeah, we're big foe-waggers. Mm-hmm. Start bringing that into your lingo. Yes. I might have to. I mean, I got a few things, you know, like the show. You guys have written down before, so I got to... Foe-wag. I appreciate yeah, how you, you use the show, man. Hockey over baseball. Man. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah, that's cool. a Canadian thing. I mean, that's just like a given. I mean, yeah. other sports in Canada are just... Irrelevant, basically. They don't really survive. Like, the raps, it was cool for like three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, I need to get a raps jersey. Yeah. We, you guys haven't been sick since we had like Vince Carter back in the 90s. Like, yeah, and Tracy McGrady. Yeah, like, <laughs> no one cared about the raps. We got Kawhi for like two years. <laughs> we win. Game over. Game over. Be another twenty before we hear hear about it again. Yeah. It's still sick that you did, and that you like packed the entire streets of Toronto. Like that was that's, sick. That's the one thing when it when it comes down to like the cup or like the playoffs with the NBA, or even if like the Jays did well, those like Toronto or like the city that it's in, they go off. It's so cool. It's like look at Vancouver riding when Boston won the cup, mm-hmm. like when Calgary got cups stolen from them by Tampa Bay back in 04 a little bitter but they like the streets were ridiculous like people climbing street signs and trees and like just filled the streets like the support is ridiculous when it's there so yeah it's cool when so, is the last time a Canadian team won a, a cup that is a tough question to ask 
last team to win the cup would have been last time the Flames won the cup was like eighty nine. The Oilers maybe in the nineties. Because mm. I don't know if anyone has, has won the cup and oh Ty's got it. Ty's gonna tell us. Nineteen ninety three. The Canadians. Montreal. You know if Montreal got Canadians. No. Terrible. I just my whole life just not I'm at a conflict right now, too. My girlfriend's a Canadian, too. Oh. I haven't even told my parents. Oh, That's wait. how serious this is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tough, you think they'll take her in? Is she a good enough person, you think? Yeah, I, I, think, okay. I think she'll definitely... She passes the litmus test? I think, I think that'll be... They'll wave that. They'll be able to overcome her, but like at first, I didn't want to come in hot with that. Like, your dad, she's a Canadian fan. You probably would have just like, all right, yeah, we're done here. Yeah. TV, let's go. Sports Center, let's watch that. He would have just tuned out completely, but... Like, we got to throw her into, like, a Flames jersey to get her in the house. Yeah. You know, adapt versus the World Cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I need to throw this jab out there. Fun playoffs this year with the Avs. Go out. <sighs> like, come on. Like, what are we doing with Mike Smith? The guy's anxious. Get him out of the net. Like, he was a sieve. <laughs> I was an absolute sieve in that series. <laughs> it was pretty embarrassing. But the Avs, like... I will give it to them. They've definitely stepped up the last few years. They've been, you know, more, they're not as upsy downsy. They're more consistent yeah. the last few years, which has been, you know, good to see. Obviously, back in the day, like as a kid, like I've always been a Flames fan through and through, but like the Avs and the Mighty Ducks were always just like, for some reason as a kid, I don't know if they had the coolest logo or what, but always like kind of enjoyed like Joe Sackick, obviously. Yeah, just a, a legend there. So, I mean, stuff like that. Like they're, but they're a good team. I mean, I was just bad. Like, the coaching performance on Calgary's end of the playoffs was terrible. Mm. <laughs> Not impressed. Mm. Yeah. Understandable. Yes, sir. Um, and that was a challenge for the Calgary Flames. Yes. Absolutely. And another challenge, challenge for us was Andrea Toppin and Craig Lyons. Craig Lyons, yep. Both of them. Anyone else? I think those were the main two. I mean, challenge yeah. us to have you on our show. Yeah. And we appreciate that challenge. Um, we want to continue this this uh, this chain, this train. So, Brent, who do you challenge us to have on the back line? I've got, I've got one on the left field here, so I don't know if you guys have ever heard. I mean, I heard you guys had a couple pretty big parties. The anniversary party was pretty was pretty banging. It was a hit. We had Bochella. Bochella, I had to miss that. Parents were in town. I was mm-hmm. pretty upset. Yeah, pretty <laughs> I, I mean, had a good time. This yeah. is true. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys ever heard of the DJ group, Two Friends? Yes. I'm a huge Dude. fan. Yeah, I, EDM, right? yeah, oh yeah. If you guys haven't heard of the Two Friends Big Booty Mixes, Yes. They're like hour-long mixes. They're awesome. Put them on at any party you're at. You will be the fire DJ. You'll be thriving. Yes, mm-hmm. 100%. I put them on at the gym at school. People ask me who they are. Like, where, where'd you get this from? I'm just like, it's just an hour-long mix. These guys put it out. They're unreal. Just two dudes doing the college party scene. They, they were at the loft. I went to their concert here. It was like 25 bucks. Time my life. Dude, that's sick. It was, right. it was a wild night. So, yeah. Like, I think their legit names are Matt and Eli. But two friends music on Instagram. They're... Yeah. Are they local? They're cool. No, they're no. not. But they do come through town, like, I would say once or twice a year for sure. Okay. Yeah. So get them in a bank. So definitely, if, if you can, I'd say that's a challenge. I love that, dude. Yeah. It's a great challenge. A little bit left field, but... It, well, yeah. I'm sure. We need more of those. Yes. Yeah. Out, out of the beaten path. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely that. They're 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 cool. Yeah. That, is, that is a challenge. That's like a reach guess. If you were to yeah. say, get on Carly and I, it's like, okay, I couldn't just... 
Exactly. Exactly. For sure. Mm-hmm. But two friends. You could really text her. She'd probably, you know, like you text someone and the three bubbles come up. She's big foam girls. You like you text her be like three bubbles instantly. Yes. Yes. It'd be yes. so she would like anticipate our answer. For sure. Yeah. That makes she's sense. She's probably already texting one of us right, right now. now yeah. Yeah. She's, she's probably tuned in the There's line. a solid chance she's watching this or listening <laughs> right now. So <laughs> that's amazing. Exactly. Okay. Um Ty, do you have any questions before we uh, wrap this thing up? No, I'm currently brokering a trade to go to Saquon Barkley. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, because he's out four to eight weeks now. <clears throat> four to eight? Yeah, fantasy football. Was it his knee or ankle? High ankle, high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. And those those you might, long. Yeah. Long, yeah. And they might know with ankle injuries, they're tough to recover yeah, from. Yeah, I've been out for seven now. So, working on eight. trying to work on something to get Le'Veon Bell in the To in get the Le'Veon Bell? Yeah. Well, my team is... Well, if David Montgomery on the Bears does not score scores more than five points tonight, I'll go zero and three to start the season. Yeah. And we need a shakeup on the team. We can't wait for Saquon to get healthy. So I know so little about football. Yeah. Gotta make things happen. No, that's okay. I'm new to I'm new to the NFL. Like mm. I'm new to that whole like how I went to my first NFL game two weeks ago. Okay. The Vikings home yeah. opener. I was yeah. at that game. Just loud so, against the Falcons. It was great. Yeah. So cool. Loud. How? What do you think of this thing? Oh, unreal! I loved it. I love it. I love it. I lived in Wisconsin for four years. Honestly, I hope not offending anyone. Packers fans, so brutal. So <laughs> the worst. Like the worst we're with you, man. Don't worry. They're yeah. so salty. Like God, they like, get so crabby when you say anything. Wait, it's like, oh yeah, okay. The Packers won. It's like they won the Super Bowl at school the next day. Jerseys, T-shirts, slippers, socks. Ro- yes, yeah, socks. Helmet. Who knows what they're wearing? There's toilet paper. They lose. It's like the team isn't even there. It's like they don't exist. And they want to murder the refs. Yeah. No, it's a ref fault. And there's like no jerseys at school. Like they don't even know the team exists. There's no t-shirts. There's no nothing. It's like you guys are a bunch of bandwagoners. Yeah. Like come on. I love this. Like be consistent. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a Flames fan. Like they first round exit this year after finishing that high. Not happy, but still a fan. Like, I'll still rep the flame shirt, you know? Like, I'm not gonna... You'll wear it with pride, too. Yeah. Like, I'll wear it. People want to... You don't want to throw it at me that we lost? Sure, go ahead. I'll take it. I was... I'm a fan through and through. Mm -hmm. But those people, it's like, yeah, I'm not a fan. What are you talking about? They win the next week. It's like they have four shirts and a hat. It's like... Where'd you get those? Overnight (laughs) Where did you get a Packers cardigan on a Tuesday night? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? Like, you know, just such insanity. Yeah, Ty's not a Packers fan or anything. He's just, a, he's just a regular old guy. I am wearing a shirt that does proclaim Aaron Rodgers is the greatest of all time. I'm a super. I'm a, I'm a huge Packers fan. Yeah. <laughs> the guy is like a rubber collarbone. Like, you know, kitty. We don't have enough time for my rebuttal, so I'll say that. I, I don't even like he. Ins- I don't know if it was like more of a compliment or an insult when he showed up in Canada wearing a boat like his. His Canadian tuxedo. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's doing that disrespect. That's what I mean. Like, is he doing it out of, like, I'm here to, like, this is my tuxedo now, like, kind of thing? Or is it, I'm a it's culture? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it offensive? Is it defensive? I don't know. We'll never know. We'll never know. But Packers fans will think it's very cool. And they'll think he's influencing the world. He's influencing Canadians to wear the Canadian tuxedo. Yeah. No, he's yeah. not how it works, Aaron. No, no. Aaron, this is not how it is. I'm sorry. You're backwards. Um, okay, so 
finishing off here, you know, this is a time where we like to congratulate ourselves on a great podcast. We've been asking killer questions. You've been having killer responses. So mm-hmm. don't worry. Don't worry. Thank you. Appreciate um, it. But I do want to uh, give this time over to you to ask us any questions. You know, I'm I'm really curious. What what inspired the podcast? Mm-hmm. I'm, I haven't been a listener long enough to know. Like, I know Declan's got this new comedy career. And I hope it doesn't hurt the podcast, obviously. Oh, but, it's, only, it's, it's helping. For sure. That, okay. Yeah. yeah. Good. good. But like, what inspired you? Like, what were you guys just chilling one day and decided to record you guys yourselves talking to each other, and then it came from that? Or like, what, where did it come from? It is pretty damn close to that. Where we <laughs> were having, we were talking about podcasts for all the summer going into our junior year. Part of my take. Part of my take. We he had a cubicle job in Denver, and I had a cubicle job in Chicago. And we're just indoors doing jobs where you can wear headphones. And we were Snapchat and texting like the inside jokes that part of my take boys had and just had laughing so hard. And then that carried on into junior first semester, junior year first semester. And then that next uh, semester, uh, the beginning of 2017, Deck and I were like, let's go buy a mic. And we bought a mic at Best Buy at the end of January and ended up recording our first podcast in the beginning of February. And we were just interviewing our best friends that we thought were had really cool stories. And then it turned into professors, which evolved into reaching out to people on social media. And then it's evolved into this, where we take it oh so seriously, but still have the equal amount, if not more, fun in every single day just having these conversations. I mean, that's I think that's what I enjoy most about you guys. It's like, these are couches. We just chill. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, we're not in an office. You know, like Joe Rogan, when you watch or look at his podcast, like, it, it it looks kind of like he's at work, you know, like, yeah, they have like a legit, like, this is the studio. This, I like this. Mm-hmm. This it's is just an attic space on the third floor of a house. Right? That's, that's it. Yeah. I guess for our listeners, we are in the attic space of you know, third floor, but mm-hmm. it, it is, you know, it is what it is. And that's what makes, you know, your podcast, your podcast. So I think that's, that's what makes that. us, us. Yes. Exactly. That's yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny too. I now I'm just like thinking through, like my our our lives tied into that story of in November of 2016. I mean, yeah, it was like election year, or and all that's all that crazy stuff was going on. Um, but dude, I got broken up with like that week. Like Tuesday was the election. I was broken up with like that Friday before. You voted for the wrong and party, and I voted for Hillary Clinton. And my girlfriend broke up with me on the spot at the time. Yeah. No way. Crazy. Yeah. True story. Dude. <laughs> You're dying. This is a lie. I walked in. He was getting food at the cafeteria with his girlfriend. And I, I swiped her in and everything. He paid Swipes, dude. College swipes are like... They were precious. Yes, and they he were. Swiped her in, and then she, and then he got like a phone text from his buddy. It was like, uh, you vote for Hillary you vote Rodham. For, yeah. And she saw that. And being, you know, a big right winger, she's like, she took my phone and then texted him back immediately and was like, Are you serious? Are you serious? No way I'm voting for her. You know, whatever. And I was like, you know, I uh, submitted my absentee ballot like a couple days ago. Like, it, It's true. I, this is, this I voted for This is on paper. This is real. Yeah, yeah. And she like, have you ever had like your girlfriend just like give you the craziest like, I'm so pissed at you look but not say a word? It's like they're looking through, through you, you, but like... They're looking through you to the next move you're already going to make. And yeah. Like, and you're at that moment like trying to make the move and you're like, that's not the right move because she knows I'm going to make yes. it. Yes. So that's how it was. But ultimately I sit down like within five minutes of sitting down. Like she wanted to leave right away. I was like, dude, I just want to be in the name of the food. And she's like, all right, I'll 
And so we sit down. Lays in the like, this, this is what's, this is, uh, you're what, is what's wrong with this world. Why would you ever do this? I can't believe you all my parents. Thank you. No, I'm serious. Like, full on, like. You never had this, like, ideological conversation beforehand? Like. Year and a half into a relationship. Year and a half into a relationship. But it, this was like a. This, yeah, well, oh, election hadn't come up yet. You know, no, but like when had, you start like, the relationship, there's like rumblings. Elections gone for like years now. Yeah, yeah. here they do. Okay, okay. No. <laughs> but like it was the conversations we would have. Like we would maybe I would make some like uneducated take uh, that was liberal, and it was it would be like a blow up, and I'm like oh, whatever, like it's not a big deal. Um, or she would like tell me that she like would never date a liberal if I ever made like a a side comment about you know something liberal. Uh, like. I'm the person to blow off everything. Like, not push on the rug, not a big deal. Like, got, I'm going this direction, you're with me or you're not. Like, it's not go. a big deal. So, then she brings that shit full circle as we're at the table, like, trying to eat. And she's like, <laughs> I told you I would never date a liberal. I was like, shit, I, like, I did not realize you know, I was being held against me. Anyways, long story short, she's like, you realize I'm not dating a liberal. I'll break, like, you know we're not together anymore. And I was like, <laughs> and then she left. And I call my dad. Really. And then two minutes later, this this guy shows up. <laughs> and Dex just like he's kind of like on this confused puzzle, just kind of like what the hell just gonna happen. All right, well let's things? let's be real. Yeah. If that happened to anybody ever, oh my god, they'd be so confused, so confused. Like yeah. if you caught a guy in the initial shock of that, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and that's I was, I caught him in that face. Sat down <laughs> with my food, like all happy, like because this is great food. This lunch, this cafeteria. Like if you use your swipe, you're using it right. Oh, yeah. And uh, we sat. I sat down. I'm like, Man, uh, how you doing? And he just gives me this puzzle look and explains what happened. And I started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I honestly, like, I'm trying not to laugh because it's obviously a little while ago. Yeah. But like, it might be a sensitive topic. But yeah. at the same time, it's like That's, you got to humor. Yeah. You got to you got to use the humor. humor. You just humor. gotta laugh yeah, it. Is. You gotta laugh it up, dude. Because yep. I mean, did you want to laugh in that time? Probably not. But now we're sitting here talking about it, laughing it up. I mean, yeah, no, it, it is like <laughs> I actually can't stories. believe that that that's a real thing. That My friends will find that very funny at home. Yeah, we well, don't take our like our elections are not nearly the, the extrapolation that you guys have here. Like yeah. the extravaganza, like the extravagance of your elections here are not nearly what we have. So like. If I like, tell my friends back home that, like, yeah, this kid I know got broken up with over the election, they'll find that hilarious. Yeah. And, like, she, that happened. I went to class, lived my rest of my day out. I didn't talk to her until she, like, talked again or, like, hit me back up and was like, I'm sorry. And then, like, it was this whole, like, comeback for her at that point. And it was just, like, we were already kind of heading down, like, a bad path anyways. And it was just, like, don't need to explain yourself. Not a big deal. Yeah. But, the funny part about tying into the podcast is like not only was Andy the first person to see me in that moment, but then two weeks later, Young Deck has the great idea of, hey, we listen to part of my take all summer. We should start a podcast, but it's not sports, it's politics. And you and I just attack this as two average dudes who are talking about politics. And Andrew and I literally have FaceTime for like an hour and a half, just like on the phone, like discussing how we would carry out this great idea. And so we like put some action items down, went on uh, winter break for six weeks. I went abroad, Andrew went abroad, um, and we go home and tell our moms that. And our moms are like, you're not starting a political podcast. That's the worst <laughs> idea ever. It's, yeah. And we were just like, you know, that's probably true. Like, How many political podcasts are there? Too many. Probably too many. Like, and we're not even 
You don't want to jump. burst at all. No, and that's the part, that was the part that I was missing. Was like you had to be burst in it to talk about it, which I was just like, oh, we don't sure. like to talk about it, you know. But that's what we started with was coming in February one uh, with a shamble with a shitty idea <laughs> <laughs> that our moms were like, don't do. And but the one thing that stuck was, hey, we're average dudes, so that's what we start with. We just ran with it, and here we are. From the ashes, this rose. So I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, from Declan's crashing and burned relationship, basically, the podcast was born. Essentially, yeah. The like, es- essentially, that's, essentially, essentially, that's the clickbait version. Yeah. <laughs> we were a phoenix out of the ashes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just us, dude. Yeah. It's oh, lamb. That's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. I have never told that story on the podcast, but it, it, it was... It needed to be told. It needed to be told. It needed to be told. This is time and place, and I love it. Yeah. I was, I'm honored to be sitting here. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that out of me, dude. Yeah. I think you asked what our inspiration was. There was. Uh, there <laughs> was. Good day's work. Absolutely. Uh, this brings us to our final question. Um, simple question. What did you learn today from the moment that you woke up when we're having this conversation? That is, that is a tough... Let me run through my day real quick. Exactly. Uh, how was your day? Let's walk through what did I do today? I got up, went shadowed a doc at a clinic. Nice. And then I, I hit some class. I worked actually at school, and then I hit class for the day. And then I'm here. But honestly, the one thing that I, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, that I did learn was that, like, you know, we talked a little bit about business and chiropractic and stuff like that. And one thing that I've always kind of been afraid of doing, or not afraid of, but just like leery of doing, is, is jumping out there and doing my thing, right? And, like, guys like Dr. Matt, he's out there killing it. He's doing his thing. You guys are in here doing it, killing it, doing your thing. Um, so, if anything, like, I've learned that just, like, if I want something, if I want to do it, just go out there and do it. Screw it. Like, I've always been so afraid of change and, and so afraid of, like, new things. Pretty, like, OCD-ish and, like, like my routines and my – I like to know where things are going. And I definitely have a hard time with the whole, you know, like, just go with it kind of motto and just jumping into things to see what what kind of experience i get out of it so if i can say i've learned something today it's like everything around me is telling me to just kind of do what i want and do do what's best obviously for me but just jump out there and do the things that i want to do because i mean we're only here one time and you got to do all the things you want to do right amen to that you you can't you can't leave anything else so i freaking love that dude and i love like thanks for giving us some kind of in that right because i love i mean i love having conversations with people but if i can inspire someone or change someone's perspective or influence i guess someone to think in a certain way sure man that's awesome i'm glad we brought that out of you today yeah definitely appreciate it yeah. at, the, at the end of the day just stick your nose and throw your body at it yeah sacrifice your body sacrifice your body <laughs> look at that sacrificing the body up there on stage telling jokes telling jokes it's a beautiful art <sighs> that's one more question when's the next show I gotta know. I gotta be there. I've been, I've been asking. I talk to Mark every time I see him. I ask him what's the next show. Yeah. Like I need to know. Well, there's a need. I mean, I'll provide it. We'll figure out. This okay. Show. I'll I'll get a show. Make sure you let me know. I'll be there. Yeah. Well, there's a need. Hundred percent. I'll throw a show. Okay. Yeah. Sometime in the winter. For sure. Yeah. Let I I mean, Cairo people could usually use a laugh. Pretty stressed out people. Yeah. So I mean, talk to Mark. Maybe we'll spit some spitball something. You never know. What we can make happen. Mm-hmm. let's make it happen dude let's do it come all in well thank you for a phenomenal podcast brand you're man thank you thanks for having me appreciate it boys well I've been hanging on my
close in my heart Right where I'm into from the start It's so much warmer than the secrets you've been holding in And don't you look at me sideways with those eyes Always acting like you ain't got the time I can't imagine trying to carry what you hold inside But ooh, you got a reason to sing And ooh, you're finally listening Go back to the start Cause you can't hold on to 